Yo, check us out. Chuck, the public enemy. Yo, what's up? This is DJ Yellow from the world's most dangerous group. What's up? This is DOC, the Diggy Diggy motherfucking doc. Yo, 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 what's up? This is your boy, Lee Murray. What up, dog? This is E-Shot. This is Jerry Heller, motherfucker. This your boy, DJ Paul KOL for 360 Young Busy Ball. Vice World. This your man, Matt Smine, the hell raise up. Yo, this is DJ Ready Red. What up, what up, what up? This is the real Rick Ross, and you're listening to me on the Murder Master Music Show. Up, um, our album and um, 
And um, if you don't know it, we do have a track. You ever heard of Dave Hollister? Yeah. Dave yeah, Hollister. Yeah, right. Man. Well, Dave. Yes, sir, from Blackstreet. And his own solo career. And uh, and it's like uh, we're featuring him on the track. We got Amar on, uh, on like, most of the tracks. And we're just doing our thing, man. It's just that the studios is, like, scary right now. Man. Nobody. <laughs> Everybody's Nobody. still wary. And, you know, they don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, now, what's the name of your group again? It's Three T O B. That stands for Tony Tony Tony. Oh, uh huh. That stands for Tony 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 Original Band. Oh, okay, okay. And um, now, uh, when did you initially become part of Tony Tony Tony? Was this? Uh, Something that goes back like to your high school days or before? High school days. If you watch Loyalty, we we have a documentary out that's on YouTube. It's called Loyalty, No Royalty, the breakup of Tony, Tony, Tony. And if you look at that on YouTube, you get a whole nother perspective of what really happened. <laughs> Because everybody guys... thought it was just three. No, I'm sorry. Everybody go ahead. Thought it was just three. Everybody thought it was just three, but it's a, actually a group of six. It was wow. a six-member band that started off from nothing and became something. Even when you look at the first videos, you always see six. You look at. Hey, little Walter, you're going to see six. If you look at um, Born Not to Know, you see six. If you see Baby Doll, you're going to see six. If you see, see Feels Good, you're going to see the original six. If you, it, uh, it went all the way down till, oh, my God. It was crazy. It was wild, man. It was real wild. Yeah, because yeah, I'm looking at earlier pictures of the group, and there is six of you guys. Um, but at some point it got to the point where uh, it was just three members. Um, you know what I'm saying? How did that occur? And, and, and um, you know what I'm saying? What, what, why is there, like, two separate, like, groups now? Well, number one is that once you start breaking up the infrastructure of a group, then things just start to fall, everything that starts to fall. And so, uh, so it's like you know what I'm saying. I had my hard times. Elijah had his hard times, and um, everybody just had their hard times. But we all came back and we bubbled because after um, our manager, if you watch it, uh, if you watch it again, I'm gonna say it again. Loyalty, no royalty. It's two versions of it. It's a um, it's a short version of it. Um, because the Netflix was trying to uh, pick it up, but they were trying to pay us some chump change. We wasn't having that. And then, uh, and um, and so it's like, and it's a two-hour version of it. 
that's more in depth, but they're both good. They're both good. But the one that's the short version, DOA, because we deal with uh, DOA, Chucky Booker. Uh, we have a lot of people that's really on our team right now. So it's like uh, the stuff that we got coming through with fire. Huh. You it know, sounds like and you guys, might not... Uh... It sounds no. I was just gonna say. It sounds like you guys uh, um, are kind of going through it right now. Well, actually, actually, we're not. We're actually. Uh, it's like at two million views almost right now. So we're not going through anything. People. No, are I mean like. Con- I don't mean. I don't mean hard times. I mean like conflict amongst you know um, each other. Well, what it is is that we have a. Um, we're in court, and so if certain things I can't say because yeah. we have a lawsuit against them. So, and because of something changed in 2010, which allowed us to be able to um, uh, have an actual the law change and. And 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 all of they lawyer lawyers been quitting on them <laughs> because yeah. we finally got our paperwork. We finally got our paperwork, you know. So in the meantime, you know, I was just doing work for other cats. You know, I was doing work for Slim Thug. I worked with Paul Wall, Chameleon there, Mac Ten. Uh, Everybody know me for the stuff I did with Messi. I remember seeing Messi on the guy's front cover of the magazine, and I just smiled. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I reviewed the right album. Um, you did production on the one with him and Marvelous. I reviewed that, the Bonnie and Clyde up in the Murder Dog. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yes, sir. What was it like? Yes, sir. Um, we'll go back to Tony, 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 but while we're talking about Messi Marv, what was it like uh, working with him? Uh, it was a trip. I just, I, what it is is that I liked his voice and I liked his delivery he had. So I had to create a sound around it. See, because that's my job. My job is not to be like, you know, saying I'm the best music and all this other stuff. No, my job is to let you hear the artist. And that's what a producer's job is. Bring out the talent. It's for yeah. That's right. That's it. Matter of fact, matter of fact, one of his um, one of his um, biggest hits was um, uh, "I'm an MF and Fool Man." You already know, and he didn't like it. I said, "Messi, you know what? Go take you go take this track, take it back to like the homeboys." Because I know that you got some cats you wrap around. And let them give you some ideas. He was like, all right, man. He came back the next week, and that was it. You know what I'm saying? Between that and that's what's up and uh, um, that's Waterboy. Oh, I can go on my list of of, uh, messy tracks. It was crazy. It was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we all heard stories about him, you know, jumping out the window 
you know, all kinds of shit. Um, <laughs> oh, it must. I got more stuff than that. <laughs> it must have been uh, must have been interesting to say the least. Uh, when you're trying to make music though, and all that other extra shit's going on, how does that affect you, or, or do you just play through it and keep going? Well, well, like the only only thing I can do is stay professional. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. I've been around Rick James and uh, Bobby Brown in Indianapolis, and they run into the hotel with doggone super soakers, just soaking up people. So I'm used to crazy. You know what I'm saying? Being from East Oakland, I'm used to crazy. So <laughs> it didn't really bother me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I, I I would have talked to him. I would have talked to him, and I'd be like, Messi, you know, man, what you're doing, it don't look fun. You know, like, it, it's like, you know, you sitting on the, uh, the bathroom for six hours at one time, and you go, I, my kids need to use the bathroom, man. Uh, what's going on? You know, so it's a whole lot. I'm I'm not trying to besmudify the man's name because once he got back on focus, he was focused. And that's yeah. what I like. But how, like, me and Messi fell out. Well, it wasn't a fallout. It was just that uh, he was supposed to take care of me on the back end. And, uh, I asked Messi for 10%. After I did Bonnie and Clyde album, Disobey Us, and, and Bandana Tattoos and Tongue Rings, I'm like, uh, Messi, um, you pulling up in all these cars and everything. I'm like, man, uh, where's my back end at? Uh, he, he was like, how much you want? I said, Messi, man, I just want 10%. That's all. And then he gonna say, "Man, that's like thirty thousand." I said, "Wait a minute, you telling me you done made three hundred thousand off of off of um, a sound that I gave you, and you won't give me thirty thousand? I'm like, okay, man, you can't talk no more." <laughs> yeah. That's Absolutely. It. That's it. That's it. That's all I was like, man, you telling me that? Then me and you, I see where you going. You know what I'm saying? I understand, man, uh, you got this little bobbing. I said, that's good. But I think I think the most important part was, was that the people around him were telling him, Messi, you wouldn't sound like that. If you didn't have Teresa, and I think that was offending him, and I said, "No, nah, man, it's just a certain chemistry we got." You know what I'm saying? And he said, "That's what I be trying to tell him," and but somehow in there it got twisted up like really bad. And so I said, "Man, you know what? If I'm only worth seven seven G's to you, 
You can keep that seven days. I got I got other things to do. I got I got Paul Wall to deal with. You know what I'm saying? I got Max Ten to deal with. You know <laughs> I got some mainstream cats to deal with. I got Sugar Free to deal with. He coming through. You know what I'm saying? Matter of fact, um, the track with Sugar Free that last he had on that uh, uh, Bandana's Tattoos and Tongue, Tongue album, he actually got that verse from me. So you was you was really working with him like round the clock and, and knocking out all kinds of yes. shit then. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, you you hear that all too often, though, in the rap game. Uh, Well, in the music industry, period, uh, money always uh, uh, comes in between people. Like, I remember Fresh Kid Ice and the Two Live Crew telling us that he only got 30000 for um, a gold record. You know, uh, it's it's crazy, you know. um, Yeah, man, it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. It's like, like... People think that, and like me, Elijah Baker, and uh, Carl Reverend Wheeler was in the Tonys before anybody knew who a Tony was. And once they got the deal, and then once they seen me go over to A&M and start doing work, then it's like they made sure that we was all signed to a deal. And with they with with Tony 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 Inc. But it's like uh, once they felt comfortable and not afraid, they felt like they didn't need us no more. And I'm like, man, how can y- y'all even do it like that when what nobody down with you from day one? And from day yeah, you gotta one, go back to uh, friendship goes back many years, you know. Yeah, right. We are all we're all cousins are related in some some way or form or fashion. You know, wow. Timothy Riley is my first cousin. Raphael Sadiq is Elijah's first cousin. Um and then it's like uh um Dwayne and Raphael is brothers because they both got the Wiggins last name. And so Carl was the homie, and they try to act like it's nothing. So I don't really try to, because there's only certain things I can say, just like I said, because we're in a, uh, a, a actual court case right now. But what bothered me, because I was such a kid, because I was the youngest cat, um, is that they wasn't putting like my name on the stuff that I was producing. Like, it never rang. Like, okay, Timmy came up with the string line, but I'm the one that made it mob. I said, if they can't hear that, that that's the only track that really hit the trump, then they got a problem. Yeah. Absolutely. We're going to go to that track here in a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that's insane, man. I know you can't say much, but I'm, I'm going to uh, 
flip the script a little bit. You know, we've had Shorty B on here and many people. They've all said the same thing. Um, you know, Crunchy Black of Three Six Mafia, uh, Rico of Sons of Funk. Uh, like I said, Shorty B, um, Russell Simmons' nephew, the Flatliners. Uh, I mean, I can go on and on and on. They said that uh, when they got to certain levels of within the industry, they started to see some real creepy shit that really, you know, spooked them out. Like, what the fuck? Did you ever, you know, walk in on any weird parties or end up in uh, any uh, crazy situations within the industry? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and like we show that on loyalty, no royalty. You know what I'm saying? I can't say too much. I can't say a whole lot because we've been in court uh, as far as last year, and we started back up in July. And so, um, uh, but it's been times to where, man, uh, they have treated us so wrong. And this is family now. You talking about family. But I can say this. Rafael Sadiq and Dwayne did treat me better than my own first cousin. And he didn't do shit. Who's your cousin? Who's your cousin, the third guy, um, uh, Timothy Riley? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That's right. So, so the other two guys treated you, treated you, treated you pretty good. You had a good relationship with them. It sounds like. Yeah, like man, I mean, like I, I was staying, I, I was staying at their houses, even though half of that house was mine. I, I was still uh, staying there, but I've never stayed at not one of my cousins' houses at all. Period. Yeah. And his uh, mother, I mean, my mother and his father, his brother and sister, man, it's like crazy. You know what I'm saying? And I'm also good friends with um, Sam Baltic. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah, well, so I've been yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm also me and Sam is good friends, and uh, um, man, my friend uh, um, Rodney, Rodney Evans, he passed away. May he rest in peace. But they had a group out called Art and Soul, and they got a cold story too. But I don't know if Sam wants to tell it, but we telling ours. We like, you know what? This got to stop. Y'all got to start listening. Plus, I'm in the middle of writing a book. You know what I'm saying? Plus, I got, I got kids. I have a wife and five kids. I'm sitting back. I'm dealing with all kinds of stuff every day. And three of my kids is girls, and they all under the age of eight. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're definitely getting grayed up right now. <laughs> I already know I'm a father myself, so yeah. You know what I'm saying? But my know. my daughter, she sharp though. She taking the pictures with the Lord, uh, with the uh, with the uh, mayors and everything. You know what I'm saying? They wow. all love her. Yeah, that's got to make you proud. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, man. She... No, I'm sorry. Go ahead, brother. 
No, man, I was just saying that she's a beautiful black queen, and I'm trying to, you know what I'm saying, stick, stick there to make sure that she stays a beautiful black queen because every girl needs a father figure. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and the men do. You feel me? You know, and it's just... Especially in this world, man. Man, this world is so ill. I'm telling you. But I'm I'm not going to say we didn't have fun. But we want the funding. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. When you, uh, when you know you was coming up, you know, this is the days in Oakland... Um, you know, the rise of Too Short. You know, he was coming up. Uh, uh, do you have any stories about uh, t- uh, early two- days with Too Short? Yeah, I got a funny one. I got a funny one. Uh, too Short had moved to Atlanta. And we was in Atlanta. And uh, Too Short... He came to he came to our show, and he also came to our hotel room. Cause you know we aren't B cats as far as they thinking, cause they ain't knowing. You know what I'm saying? That uh, some of us see see like it's a difference being from Oakland and being of Oakland. And there's a few of us like me and Elijah Baker is of Oakland. So <laughs> we got a whole nother personality being a lot of cats that I heard I, I heard one guy said that Oakland didn't accept him. I said, Well what was you what were you doing? I said, You must have been doing something wrong. You must not have knew the game. But anyway, we at um Pure's house that's when, uh, oh, man, that was probably 89, 90, maybe 91. I'm not sure. Um, and uh, uh, he came to our show, and then he came to um, um, and, uh, our hotel because he knew that all the girls were going to be at our, t- uh, at our hotel. I mean, all the top notch, notch is elite. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and so, Dirk gonna say, "Hey y'all, how about we go back to my house and uh, kick it at my house?" We're like, "All right, sure, it's cool." You know what I'm saying, man? Sure, sure got this house in Atlanta back then. It was pretty nice. I ain't going to lie. It was pretty nice. And, but I knew that, you know what I'm saying, it didn't cost. Matter of fact, a, a lot of people bought, they they buy their houses down, down south even to this day. Even to this yeah. day. But Short moved down there. Keith Sweat moved down there. Everybody from the city like, oh, this is just, I, this is a, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Compared to how we have to pay for it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is a steal. You can you can have you a a, a, 
imagine for eighteen hundred a month. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Everybody was going down there. That's when the Freaknik was popping off too, wasn't it? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, right. I've been there too. I've yeah. been there too. I only needed to go one time though. One time was enough for me. I ain't go. I didn't go back no more. It was um, because um, it was Tripod Quest. Uh, was performing there, and whoa! To just to see all these women walking around in bikinis, I'm talking about black women too. Oh my God! In bikinis, and and and, and I'm like, what? Where is they from? What the, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. I was in shock. <laughs> I was in shock. I was like, Atlanta was just the place to be at that time. Yeah, man. It still, it still seems like it's the place to be because a lot of people are still moving out there. Yeah. That's wild, man. That's wild. Um, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go to this song. Then I want to come back. Um, The homie Terrell, who uh, set this show up, he's got a couple questions for you. Then I got the homie Sin all the way in France. I know he's got some questions. But this one uh, right here, It Never Rains, you you produced this one, right? Yes, right. I helped produce it because it sounds like, at first, it sounded like uh, offering at church. Yeah. So Never I rain had to come in California. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I had to, uh, I had to um, show like my cousin Tim. No, you do not play the bass line like that. You either gonna play it like Keith Sweat or the Gap Band. It's either going to be a Teddy Riley bass line or a Gatla band. If you listen to it, it sounds just like um, the bass line sounds a lot like um, the Gat band, My Heart Yearning, if you really listen to it. And then I start adding stuff like my reverse symbols and everything else, and I even help write it. Oh. Yeah, definitely, definitely one of the ones that uh, they remember the group for, for sure. Now, this one, uh, it went on to sell a lot of records. Um, Did you get credit for it at all? You know what? Uh, I didn't then, but I am now. That that, that song actually won an American Music Award. And guess what? They gonna give us our our, our dog on American Music Award, but but uh, we we was like we ain't going on stage in no dog on skirt. Now, I don't care if you call it a kill, uh, uh, because it's from uh, from like Scotland. I said, but in East Oakland, that is called a skirt, and <laughs> like, no. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I was talking about earlier with that, like, uh, uh, Hollywood occult type stuff. 
they wanted you guys to to perform in a skirt or a kilt or whatever. Oh, if you look at the if you look at the American Music Awards, uh-huh. when the Tonys won won an award, Rocky Osadik had on a kilt. Oh. And my homeboys just my homeboys just going, man, what's going on with uh, with this y'all band? I'm like. Man, I don't know. I ain't got nothing to do with that. But some sometimes people will do anything to make it big. We wasn't trying to do that though. Mm-mm. That's too much. Was that? Did anybody ever try to press you to do that stuff? Oh man, we had to. We had we all of our people was. Uh, like it, people didn't know what folks didn't know was that when we first came out, people thought that we were from overseas. They didn't even know that we were from Oakland. Oh. You know, man, they thought that we was like like loose ends or somebody. You feel me? They had no idea that we were from East Oakland. But I think the pressure was that. Um, you know, I can't say nothing too much, just like I said, <laughs> because if they can, they try the lawyers are trying to push my words around. Oh, I got you, I got you. Um, you but but yeah, but yeah, you don't have to you don't have to go any further. But that just validates what so many others have told us. Um, what goes on in the music industry? I mean, just some crazy, crazy shit. Russell Simmons's nephew, um, Jamal Simmons of the Flatliners, he said he saw rituals going down in the offices of Def Jam. Now that's just not somebody that was signed to Russell Simmons. That's his nephew. You know, um, it's crazy. Yeah, you know, it really is, man. It's- I don't know what uh, what the deal is, but it's nuts. I was in I was in um, Trinidad when I was a kid, and man, I seen some stuff. It's a beautiful island, though. The island was beautiful, but I'm there all by myself. I ain't got no homeboys there. I ain't got no backup there, and I talked to the guys there, and they had all these stories. Uh, about this black and Indian family. And because I'm black and Indian too, so it's like the artist uh, couldn't recognize that I was from Europe in America until I opened up my mouth. So the people didn't even know. But it was stories about uh, they, like, nobody know how they got all this money. And it was crazy. I mean, it was crazy because they studio, they they had the same cat that built Eddie Murphy's studio, built um, a massive studio, two two massive ones and two pre-production ones, and they brought uh, KFC there. Um, they brought they owned Dodge over there, and they pretty much owned the island. And they had a massive story. Matter of fact, before I even heard what a corona was, they were telling me stories about 
an actual figure out there called Corona that is you at nighttime because they didn't, they didn't have no street lights, but the stars was beautiful. I mean, they would have clubs with the day clubs didn't have no doggone roof on it because guess what? It never got cold there. It's tropical. And yeah. so you seeing straight stars there in the sky. Oh man, it was crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> it's a whole different world. It's a whole different world. A whole um, different world. Let's go to this song. This uh never rains in uh Southern California. We'll be right back with uh Antron Hale right here, aka Tron Treasy. Don't go nowhere.
Yeah, there we go. We're back. Episode 812. We got Antron Hale, aka Tron Treasy. Uh, I was Tony, Tony, Tony. It never rains in Southern California. Producers work with so many people over the years. Uh, and welcome back to the show. And what's it like when you hear that song, man, all these years later? Um, it's a classic. It's a classic. Yeah. That's probably probably the only song that you probably really heard besides Feels Good that had an 808 in it. <laughs> yeah, it was like some, some uh, uh, deep bass. Um, but you guys were on, uh, uh, you know, Boys in the Hood and, um, you know, other soundtracks and stuff. I believe Jason's Lyric. Um <clears throat> One of the more well-known groups of the 90s. Um, you guys were really, uh, uh, you know, big. I mean, especially, I mean, you got to think about it, Two Hammer, uh, Too Short. Um, <clears throat> Oakland was really popping back then, you know. Man, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's crazy because everything that I would do, They'd get mad because I was doing it. And then they'd go and do it. I'd be like, wait a minute. How you guys going to work with Ralph Transvance and use my drum roll and not include me in the doggone song? A yo, baby, yo, baby, yo. I'm like, wait a minute now. This ain't right. <laughs> I'm wrong with this picture. Um... Uh, Raphael is still doing He's still doing good He's still um, He's still um, Doing stuff I think uh, I think he just worked with like uh, Johnny Gill uh, um, Like last year Or something like that Um, But uh, um, The the foundation Because of what people don't they really don't know is they had got so big that they even fired Rocky Ostergeek. Wow. Rocky well, that was one of the main faces that you you were accustomed to seeing. <laughs> they had and he was pissed too. I tell you. <laughs> uh. I just like I said, I can't say a whole lot right now. But if you call me back about the end of the year, this this court case should be over, and then I can say whatever it is I want to. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, man. Well, you know, you you got a rich history in the game, um, and uh, that's why the homie Terrell uh, brought you to the show. I'm gonna bring uh, Terrell on because I know he's got a few questions. Then I'm gonna bring the homie Sim from France on. Terrell, you there, brother? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Trying trees. What's going on with you, fam? I'm enjoying the interview. I'm like, oh wow, you know, we still learning things and stuff like that, man. I was just sitting oh, yeah. here, man, and um. Just thinking to myself, man, because the stories that, you know, you was telling and stuff, man, it's almost like you're ready. You know, you guys can do, like, 
like a movie or even a mini series about the um you know your life story and being in the group and stuff and through the trials and tribulations growing up in Oakland, especially during them times you know in the eighties we talk a lot about those times but um what's your thoughts on that man? you ever thought about that you know doing the movie well, like stuff? It's crazy because um, being from East Oakland, uh, you know, I'm going to tell you a story. Uh, I don't know if you guys know about the Century Theater on Hagenberger. It was a Century Theater there. And New Jack City had just came out. Now, I'm in the Salgone Theater and all of a sudden, here comes some random gunshots. And I'm like, okay. I said, everybody on my row, if you want to uh, live, follow me. I said, you get low, and we're going to crawl out this ex. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Said, we gonna crawl off this exit, and everybody that crawled out with us, like, thank you, thank you so much, thank you. I said, girl, you gotta be a survivor. Y'all gotta be survivors out here, because <laughs> these <Right>. cats is ill. <laughs> yeah, especially during them times, because I mean, drugs just like took over the whole city i just remember just seeing it change you know um especially during those times man growing up out there you know i was a kid but you know how you can just like like something is different something is changing <laughs> and as you get older you like okay this is what it is you know and stuff like that so i, I know exactly what you're talking about you know we used to hear a lot of street names and different things, people that had a reputation in Oakland and, you know, we was like, man, you know, and when we see these cats, it was like, okay, it was like you seeing the movie star or something. <laughs> but they yep. were street stars, you yep. know? Yeah, yep. that's right. That's yeah. right. I've seen a cat, I can't say his name, but I've seen a cat sitting in a phone booth with a whole AK out on Hagenberger. I'm like, is he really holding a banana cut in public in broad daylight? I was like, oh my god, because <laughs> I was on tour so much, I come home and I would hear about things. Like they'd tell me once I got home, but I was gone so much. Um. Because I was on three world tours. So I was gone. I'm either in another state or I'm over in Japan or I'm over in London or I'm over somewhere. And then I come home and just to hear, you know, blah, 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 it's the man now. You know, this person is the man now. I'm like, what, for real? I'm like, and then when I come back, I seen them because I'm not going to lie. The police used to whip my ass ever since I was 15. 
for nothing. Just because I was a, a, a young black man dressed well, task force used to whoop my ass. I ain't going to lie. They would beat the, ooh, they would beat the brakes off me, man. <laughs> I ain't going to lie. And then, once I got my first Beamer, now, I got another cop on me whooping my ass on Isaacson. And I'm sitting back like, man, what is it about me that is attracting all these ass whooping? <laughs> and the neighbors actually came out their house. They actually came out their doggone house and said, leave him alone. He's in an R&B group. Leave him alone. And he was mad, I guess, because um, he said that he was stressed out cause, um, because um, one of his um, his friends had got killed out in Brookfield. So he see a young black man in Brookfield up in a BMW. I ain't even 18 yet. Uh, it flipped him out. Like, he got to be doing, he got to be selling drugs. He got to be selling drugs. No. The neighbors had to come out and tell him, leave him alone. He does not sell drugs. He's hardly ever even in town. (laughs) I can laugh about it now. But I didn't appreciate that ass beating me, though. Right. Right. Definitely. Definitely, man. Definitely. I, I can dig it, man. Just, um, you know, uh, that surviving, man, you know, and that, that uh, generation of that time, man, it's like, man, it's damn near almost like it's a handful of y'all because so many people then got killed, you know, and some just locked up, you know what I'm saying? Then you got some just kind of just strung out, you know, they still alive here. But, you know, and then very few, like, this generation don't really know, you know what I'm saying? Like, my generation, the ones that was there to see it, you know, and, you know, like, my family, how I was seeing it because, you know, I had older older cousins that was already out there, you know. So it was like, man, shit, the red carpet was already rolled out for me. <laughs> so I'm like, man, it, it was like a like a um, like a light switch off and on. I can remember um, just my mom, because you know, my mom from Sabrani Park, you know, she from Katron, so we stayed uh-huh. like o- over in the Diamond District. You know, I, you know the Fruitvale District back then. Diamond District was kind of like middle class. It, you know, it wasn't it wasn't ran down, but it it was nice over there back in the eighties. And then cousins and them they had all in deep East Oakland. They was on ninety eighth, and you know what I'm saying over here on ninety second and eighty ninth, and you know what I'm saying, just all through mm-hmm. there. So when I used to go visit, I'd be like, damn. <laughs> you know, as a kid, you know, five or six years old, you're like, damn, what, what kind of shit is this? You know, and, and 
they come back over when my area, they're like, oh, this look cool, you know. But we just seen that transition. And then as I got older and started living, I, I moved to 92nd back in 88. And then, you know, I think that's when Short signed to deal with Jai. He came out with uh, Life Is Too Short. You remember that, Tron? Yes. Yes, sir, man, yeah. because it. Because the short had signed his deal, and they was clowning me too. They was clowning me too. There's like, how in the hell two short gonna get a major deal, and y'all been playing at the club? Because I was playing at clubs uh, since I was like 15. So I'm 15. I'm playing at clubs, and then I, I can't get all the way into it. I'll tell you this here. Uh, 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 I don't got, I don't got enough, uh, uh, I don't had enough, I'm going to say females for three lifetimes. So when I settled down, I was ready. (laughs) Cause they was all older. They was all older. They was, they had to be 21 and over and then, and I'm playing with, uh, 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 we used to open up for Zap and Roger, and then like we would open up. I think it was us, Rudy Ray, more than Zap and Roger. And I really loved Zap and Roger, cause what I loved about them was that they sounded just like the record, but they was playing it live at the Lucky Line on Hagenberg. You don't know about that, then I can't. I can't explain it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and that's what Oakland is all about, man. You know, we we come from the funk, California. Period. You know, but um, it's just the funk out there, man. Just growing up, man. I, I man, I, like I said, just growing up, you had to be there to be from there to see it. You know, and I, I tell a lot of people like me, just growing up, shit. We seen a movie right there. You know what I'm saying? We was the characters of that city. You know, certain ones, just the characters. Mm-hmm. And then you had certain people that was on the sideline. Me, like I say, I, I just kind of lucked up with the family, you know, through the family I come from. And, you know, they was affiliated. You know what I'm saying? So I, I just knew. They was like, how you know them? And I'm like, you know, they, hey, I seen them with my cousins. Like, what? <laughs> Yeah, 
My cousin was dating his daughter. He pulled up. Remember, Cash used to ride Granadas back then. Remember the Granadas? And he pulled up Man. in a blue Granada. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Man. Man, I got so many stories. I just got to, I just started writing my book. So I'm, I'm writing my book, and yes, Yes, sir. They are talk, talking about doing a movie in the making about yeah. the song. You feel me? And how we came up and how all of us was different and how we had to come from different uh, areas. But I will say this, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to give Rob Peel Sadiq some credit. He is the one who puts our band together. He really did, because he knew who to to get and who to play what. Even Terrell, I think the first time I met him, I was in fact, I think I was in Oak Oak Park, right? One nine Oak Park. No, when, no, when I when I first when I first met you, you was staying in Modesto, because because Donnie, uh, oh. yeah, you remember you were staying by the mall, and I used to see you at MJC. And I was like, yeah, he go up here too. But I just remember Donnie used to come over and get beats from you, get tracks. And you had the keyboard. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, that's who it was. And then the last time I seen you, you was in Oak Park. Because we used to work in Oak Park. You was in SAC. And my boy had a yeah. um, had a house out there, property. And, uh, yep, and we came around the corner. And that's the last time I seen you. And I'm like, damn, you know, but. Shit, I'm tapped in again with you. We go, you know, this is just the beginning. <laughs> I had everybody there too. I'm talking about Sugar Free was at that house. Slim Thug, Paul Wall, Chameleonaire, Yuck Mouth. Everybody was at that doggone thing. <laughs> wow, it, it was hella people in there when we came, cause we was like, damn, you know, you was working on the track, you had a keyboard. And I, I believe it was a disc, like a like a floppy disc. You would put that disc in, and it was hella beats on there. Mm-hmm. And you just run it through them, mm-hmm. run it through them. And D was like, he raw. My partner D was like, he raw. It was like, he, he raw. I'm like, yeah, man. That's, that's prime crazy, you know. Man, yeah. but that's because of when I came up, it's like the rappers now. You know how everybody raps now? When I mm-hmm. came up. It was musicians, like, every, like, six or seven blocks on Saturdays just in their backyard just jamming. So it's like right. you really had to. Now it's like you could just hit one key and, and, uh, and like, the computer play everything for you now. I'm like, what right. is this? <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we had uh... – you know, band players that was coming out of that city, just, just man, raw. It always been raw talent. Um, I remember um, going to uh, 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 Johnny May's house, and I used to see this gold record of Larry Graham. And I was like, man, that, I was at first, I'm like, who is that? And they like, that's Larry Graham. You don't know Larry Graham? You know, and, and it was the one in a million. And, um, my mom was yeah. like, yeah, he the one that bought that house over there for them. I'm like, wow. You know, I'm like, man, 
you just realize you you just from a place that's historic with a lot of talent and a lot of history, man. You know that, that you that's, know the city just got a lot of history true. in it, man. That's true, cause I was in the band with Larry Graham's son when I was a kid. So I know what you're saying is very true, Derek uh, Graham. Derek Graham. So I know mm-hmm. what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Right, right, definitely, definitely, man, yeah. So you, yeah, you, you know what it is. It's definitely history, man. Um, I appreciate you for uh, taking the time out to talk to us, man. And, and Terrell, I appreciate you for setting this up. But before uh, before they cut us off, I want to make sure to get the homie Sin on. Um, I know he's got a couple questions for you. Sin, you there, brother? You on with Terrell and? and yes, yes. Uh, Oh, me Hey, hi, hi, Scott. Hi, Antoine and Terrell. Um, yes, how it was to to recording at Moon Studios in in Sacktown, Sacramento for your first album? Who with uh, producers Fosters and uh, Foster and Michael Royce? How it was to to do that time, '88? Yeah, yeah, right. I was about eighteen. I was about eighteen. Um, yeah. Really, I didn't know. We was depending on our family and our management to control everything. Like, come on, man. Who's going to think that your first cousin is going to do you wrong? You know, you've been playing with them for years. You know, the family ties to sick, at least we thought. And then... I'm telling you, it went crazy. That's why I said you just got to watch the documentary, Loyalty, No Royalty. It's on YouTube. It's almost at 2 million now. It's doing about 10,000 views a week. So, so it's doing good. Yeah. Okay. You, you did this on Baby Doll at the time. It was a big hit also. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yes, it was because the because the major labels um, would give you two times uh, to blow up. They even gave Bobby Brown two times to blow up his first album. I'm gonna tell you, two people's albums that didn't blow up the first time around: Bobby Brown and Janet Jackson. But their second album did. That first album, Who We Did, blew up. But, but like, you have to understand that we did have help. We had um, um, Tommy and Vinny from Club Nouveau help us with that first album. Matter of fact, we wasn't even signed to the label then. We were signed to their production. And the only reason why we got our own deal is because they came one day late to turn in the album. And then the label said, okay, you guys done blew up so much. You know, we got first bid as y'all. Let's sign y'all directly to the label. And that's all I can yeah. say about that. Okay, right. And what was, what was uh, the first time you met Rafael Sadiq? It was in Oakland, Oakland? I mean... The what now? 
Repeat that, please. When was oh, when was the first time you met uh, Rafael Sadiq? It was in Oakland, I think. Oh man, I've been riding Rafael Sadiq ever since he had his first fake beater jacket. Remember that beater jacket they had? Okay. Well, yeah. then he had to. <laughs> man, I've been knowing I've been knowing Ray. Uh, since I was a kid, kid, like probably 10 years old or something. Okay, right, right. And uh, mm-hmm. t- tell us about your work with uh, 187 Fuck uh, of Hayward, I Skate Boss, for the, the song Packing Love Pimpin'. This is Pimpin' Music. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, you talking about which song is that now again? I'm sorry, my ears is kind of. I'm trying to. I'm trying to catch your accent. It's one eight one eight seven fag. Um. Yeah. Which one is it, Sin? The song "Packing Up in Pen." It was on cable. All in. Oh, parking lot pimping. Oh, parking lot pimping. No, I didn't do parking lot pimping. I did it uh, all in the pimp with Messi yeah, and um, yeah. a guy um, named uh, um, Squeak. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. I did that one with him, and I was in Sac then, too. I had just moved. Because everywhere I, go, I went, because I, I, I worked with Spice One, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, I had a whole bunch of stuff that, you know, I mean, I mean, I stayed busy. You know what I'm saying? I didn't, I didn't stay down for too long. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. I did I mean, not stay as a musician, uh, as a musician, uh, what's your, your thinking about the, the Bay producers like Anne Banks, like uh, Mike Mosley, like uh, the musicians too, in their own way. No. Okay. I'm still trying to catch the accent. Right? I'm still trying to catch the accent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to catch the accent because everybody says that we have an accent. So I'm really trying yeah, yeah, yeah. to catch the Okay, now, so uh, that again now? Because you sound like you're French. Are you French? Yeah, I'm French, yes. I'm French. Yeah. It, it, what, yeah. what do you think about uh, the Bay producers like uh, Mike Mosley, um, Studio Town, uh, and Banks? As a musician, oh, yourself. well, like... Uh, a lot of people don't know that uh that like uh man uh, Mike Mosley did a lot of the stuff but really um Sam Bostick really yeah, yeah, yeah. was was the uh, w- was the force behind Mike Mosley cuz he played all the keys it's like Dr. Dre right Dr. Dre and he's a great producer, but 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 him actually playing it himself, 
uh, it's like, you know, uh, uh, he didn't have that skill, but he had that ear. And so, um, and, and, and so like, it's a difference because it's not different, but a lot of producers that are old school, uh, they, they just say, you play something and they say, yeah, that's it. That's what we want. Uh, I'm sorry, guys, if you hear um, some like music. That's my uh, daughters. They are just music fanatics. I can't. I can't help it. Oh, that's no problem. That's no problem, man. Um, but I tell you what, we had a, a hell of a time chopping it up with you. I want to thank you again for taking the time out to talk to us. And also, uh, man, when you drop that book, you know what I'm saying, please come back and uh, chop it up some more. We'd love to have you again. Man, I'm, I'm more than honored to. You know what I'm saying? You only live once on this earth, as far as I know. I know about people saying re, re, reincarnation, but I really uh, want to get this stuff done now. And our new group is 3TOB. And, uh, man, yeah, I mean, some, I mean, you all know. Terrell has um, a lot of the tracks over there, so uh, and he can hit you with the tracks, but they're just so cool. Yeah, yeah, I got them. I look forward to it. You know, um, you take care of yourself, and we'll catch up with you real soon, brother. Thanks again. Okay. Okay, man. Y'all stay safe, and 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 try to stay COVID-free, y'all, please. I stand out. You you and your family, man. Be safe. (laughs) All right. All right, guys. You take care, all right? Peace. (laughs) All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hell of an episode. Hell of an episode, guys. Uh, We'll see you guys on 813. Go to UGSForLife.com. Make sure to get that compilation to uh, Fuck the World available right now. 